of days Who has heard his mighty works of old of Noah's flood of Jericho Praise you, the Lord. It's good. I really appreciated the, the message this morning, Pastor. That's awesome. I'm hoping just to, uh, to, to piggyback off of that, if, if I can. 
Uh, turn with me to, to Exodus in chapter 16. Exodus chapter 16, when you find that, uh, also turn to John in chapter 6, and just hold your marker there, and then and turn back to Exodus 16. While you're looking for that, I just wanted to take a time to, to say how much I, I love and appreciate my wife. She went away to the, the Women's Jubilee, and I was on aid and duty for, for two whole days by myself. And uh, I just want to praise the Lord for her. I don't, I don't know how she gets anything done. It, I'm thankful God knew what he was doing when he made me a man, and I can go out and work with tools and, and uh, made her a woman. She can take care of, of Aiden and, and try to keep that uh, little monster uh, wrapped up. So praise the Lord for that. Okay, so uh, Exodus in chapter 16. If you're there, will you go ahead and, and stand with me with the honor of the reading of the Word of God? Exodus chapter 16 and verse 14. The Bible says, And when the dew that lay was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness there lay a small round thing, as small as the hoarfrost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna, for they wist not what it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. Gather of it every man according to his eating, and Omar for every man according to the number of your persons. Take ye every man for them which are in his tents. And the children of Israel did so, and gathered some more and some less. And when they did meet it with an Omar, he that gathered much had nothing over, and he that gathered little had no lack. And they gathered every man according to his eating. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you uh, just for allowing us to gather here and in your house again today, Lord. We thank you for the, the messages we heard this morning, Lord, for your word being opened and preached, Lord, boldly. Lord, we thank you that you're a God worthy of praise, Lord. Thank you for, for loving us, Lord. It, it blows my mind that you would, that you would uh, what is man, that you would care about him, Lord. And at this time, I just pray that you would speak to us again, Lord, that you would uh, fill me with thy spirit, uh, allow me to preach, Lord. I may not say anything that I shouldn't say, but everything that you would have me to say, Lord, that we can speak to your people, Lord, that they would hear and uh, receive your word with, with open ears and with grace. Lord, we love you and thank you for all that you've done and are going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> um, it, it never fails. I always preach this message like in an afternoon service, like right after we eat. But the title of this message is, Are You Hungry? <laughs> are You Hungry? And so I'm not going to take a lot of time to prove this to you, but uh, if you... If you held your spot there in John chapter 6, uh, we know that manna is uh, a picture of Christ, if you will, a picture of Christ in the Old Testament, that God gives us that. Uh, look at John chapter 6 in verse uh, look at, well, 31, starting verse 31. The Bible says in verse 31, our fathers did eat manna in the desert as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses give you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven, and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life that cometh to me, he shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Look over to verse uh, 48. Jesus says, I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, 
which I will give for the life of the world. All right, so I th- believe everyone here, the afternoon service, right? We believe the Bible. That's, that's enough proof for us that manna was a picture of Jesus. Amen? Or do we, I, we can take the time and go through it. We, I mean, we got all afternoon. Chiefs already played this morning. You guys have nothing else to do. Right? No, I think we're all on the same page that the, that manna was a picture of Christ. And so when we look at that, at the, the picture of Christ and, uh, and how we know that, that, that God gave them manna in the wilderness and they had manna every day for 40 years or, or every day except for the Sabbath, they'd have it. So every day and twice on Fridays, God provided this manna every morning that they would, that they would partake in. That was, they, they had the, the bread in the morning and, and the flesh in the evening, right? He provided the quail in the evening. And that was the sustenance, the daily provision, if you will, uh, of God for the uh, children of Israel while they wandered through the wilderness. He gave them this manna. And every morning it was, it was there, and it came with the dew, and it was there in the morning, and when the sun came, it would melt away. And so um, <clears throat> every, every morning they would have this. And, and uh, Moses here, this is when the, God first does it for the first time. And, and my, my preacher, he, he preached on the man before and, and, and just those little things. We often think of manna as like a, a wafer, like a, a you know, every, I, I know in my head is, uh, I always thought of it like a Nilla wafer or something like that, you know. It's like, and, uh, but in reality, it's, it's, he says it's much more like the, uh, as small as the hoarfrost on the ground. And we think of uh, as, as a grain and it was much more probably like the consistency of rice. When they would go out and they said they would gather an omar, they would scoop it up. It would be on, uh, as, a, as the dew on the ground, so they'd be able to, to scoop up uh, lots of it, and they would use it in, in a grain. And so you think of bread and grain, and they'd mash it up, and they, they would cook it in several different ways. And, and they, would, they, would, they would make bread out of it, or they would sieve it, and, and all these things. So uh, think of it much more as a consistency of, of, of rice and, and used in, in, in that aspect. And so they would go out... And the Bible says that they, they would collect an omar every day. And, and if you don't know what an omar is, uh, over in verse uh, 36 in chapter 16, it says, Now an omar is the tenth part of an ephah. So that clears it up for you. And <laughs> but an ephah is, is most uh, closely related to uh, like a bushel today in today's world. And so an omar, a uh, tenth part of a bushel, is about 3.7 quarts. So just short of a gallon. Would you think of just short of a gallon of milk? They would, they, they, they would gather that every day per person, and, then, and per person in your own household is how much they were allowed to gather every single day. And so they would, and, and uh, that's a lot of rice. Could you eat a gallon of rice in, in a day? Probably not. I know uh, when my wife was, was pregnant, she, uh, you know, the pregnancy cravings, she, she craved chicken fried rice. And so um, one of the wedding gifts that we got was this giant wok. It's like one of those, uh, I don't, it's a big frying pan, and it's a bowl, and uh, I don't know how to explain it other than that, but it was this big wok, and we never used it up until this point, and, the, and we had a, an instant pot, so I would, I would make eight cups of rice at a time, and I'd fry them up in this big wok, and, and Allie and I would eat on that for, for at least a week. That would last us a good week, only eight cups of, of rice up in, in this big old wok, and so, but they were given a, a gallon a day. And so the Bible goes, the Bible says that, that the children of Israel did so, and, and some gathered some more and some less. I want to focus on that verse 17 there. They gathered every man according to his eating, and some more and some less. And so first, the more. Why on earth would you need more than that, right? That is a lot of rice for one person. 
But it, and, and knowing what the manna signifies, and knowing that it signifies and is, is a type of Christ and a picture of Christ, well, it's, 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 it's human nature to go out and try to get more. We're never content with what we're given, are we? And so they're going out and they're getting more, but, but in reality, and this is why I think God dealt with it so harshly, and that every, uh, the, those that try to keep some back for the next day and, and didn't trust God to provide again for that next day and would try to store some up the night before so they would have some more tomorrow and didn't trust God to provide the manna again that next day, the Bible says it bred worms and it stank. Well, what does the Bible say that when we try to trust in more than, than Christ alone for our salvation? And <clears throat> let's be perfectly clear on this. There's, there's plenty of us that, you know, there's, and there's plenty of people out there that preach that, that, that Christ is for your salvation, but it, it's, it's up to you to keep that salvation. Or it's Christ plus baptism, or it's Christ plus church membership, or it's Christ plus doing something else that, that, that they made up and that they think is you have to do. Friend, it's Christ and Christ alone. If you're trusting in Christ plus or minus anything, you're lost. You are not saved. And what does the Bible say when you're not saved? It says you're going to go to the place where the fire, fire is not quenched and the worm dieth not. You see the correlation here? But salvation is of Christ and Christ alone. There's nothing that I can add to it. There's nothing I can take away from that. It's either Christ or it's nothing. And that's how sure you should be of your salvation, how sure you should be, and all your faith should be placed up in Christ and Christ alone, is either it's Christ or I'm going to hell. Either Christ died for me and His payment on the cross was enough for my sins, past, present, and future, or I'm not saved and I'm not going to heaven. It's that simple, folks. It's either Christ or it's nothing. There's nothing I can add to that. It's not my church membership. It's not, I hope it's not why you're at church today is that you're trying to, to weigh the balances and have enough good and uh, hopefully that outweighs your bad and have enough good deeds because you'll never get there. We have nothing to offer on top of that. There's nothing that I can add to it. That's why eternal security is a Bible doctrine. It's not a secondary issue. It's not, a, it's not something, well, we can still have fellowship and we disagree upon that. Because, friend, if, 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 if Christ was enough to save you from all of your sins, He's enough to keep you. If He's not enough to keep you, if you can lose it, if you have any pull upon that, when He says He can put, put you in your hand and no, nothing can pluck you out of His hand, if you are strong enough to pluck yourself out of God's hand, and it wasn't enough to save you in the first place. So the more makes I mean, the more those that gathered more makes human sense to me. I can I, I can see why they try to do that. It's still wrong. You still shouldn't have gathered more. And, and the Bible says when they meet it out with an Omar, which means they measured up to God's standard and God's parameter for that, it only reached the Omar. Even if they try to get more, even if they try to do more, this is all that they got because this is all God said that they could get. But the more makes human sense. What I don't understand is the folks that gathered less. Here they are in the desert. They were, at the beginning of this chapter, they were starving in the desert. They're murmuring against God about how they wish that they would just go back to Egypt. And at least in Egypt, they had onions and leeks and all these things. You know, they're, they're murmuring against God and God's provision and not trusting God. And so, but when God does provide, and He rains literally bread down from heaven for them. Some gathered less. Well, the Bible says they gathered according to their eating. So, common sense tells you those that gathered less than what God, God had given them this much, and if, if they didn't want all that God had offered to them, probably because they weren't hungry. Well, how, why are they not hungry? 
I think it's the same way that, that you know, you, you, you talk to your kids and your kids aren't ready for dinner. Why? Because they filled up on junk beforehand. They were busy eating, I don't know, dust and cactus in the desert. I don't know what they were eating, but they weren't hungry. They weren't hungry for what God had provided for them. And, friends, that's where Christians find ourselves today. We're not hungry for the things of God. Why? Because we're filled up on junk. We're filled up on the, the junk and the trash of this world. We're, we're, I mean, uh, Christianity, whole and large, is, is spiritually anemic. We lack the power of God. We lack the things of God. We lack the knowledge of God. Even today, they did a study, and there's less people that have any sort of Bible knowledge than there has ever been in the history of the United States. We used to, get, we, we used to educate our kids to learn to know the Bible, and now today the philosophy of this world is to dumb down the Bible for the people. Friend, you're losing a lot when you do that. You're adding a lot of junk to what the, what the Bible would have us to, to know, what God would have us to know about Him. He preserved a perfect word that we may know Him. And we're trying to dumb it down and add a whole bunch of trash to it and take a whole bunch of good stuff out. It's the same idea of, of nutrition today with, with, your own, with your own body. And if you're, if you're, if you're filling up on, on actual nutrients and actual things that are good for you, you don't have room for all the junk food. You don't, and the, um, I don't do this, but I know some people that have, that have cut out sugar or processed foods out of their body entirely. And after a certain period, your body doesn't even want those things anymore. You don't even, you don't even have a desire for those things anymore because your body has replaced that with things that are actually good for it. <clears throat> but I don't, I don't do that. But... So what do we, how, do we, how do we get an appetite? How do, are you hungry? How do you get an appetite for the things of God? Well, again, forgive me if this is overly simplistic, but I'm, I'm thankful that God does make these things simple for us. Because if He made it any harder, none of us would get it. Yeah, I mean, if He made salvation any harder than whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, none of us probably would get it. I mean, if He, if he made these things any harder. So I'm thankful that they're simple. And, and yes, this is a simple message, and it's, it's going to boil down to read your Bible and pray every day, and trust and obey, and, and all these simple principles that God gives us, but I'm thankful that they're simple because it's hard enough for me to keep those. And so if I'm, if I'm, if I'm trying to build an appetite, and when I think of, 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 of anemia, and I think of uh, spiritual anemic, and forgive the, 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 the graphic illustration here, but, but I... Um, if you ever watched the documentaries or read about the, the concentration camps in Germany and whenever the, uh, the U.S. forces or the, uh, the Allied forces would come and liberate these, these concentration camps, these people were, were starving and withered and, and there, was, there, was, there was skin and bones, literally. They were literally starving to death. Their bodies were eating themselves. And the, the, uh, initially, the, the Allied forces wanted to feed these men and try to give them food and, and try to give them bread and things to eat. And, and the men would literally founder and die. They were so uh, anemic. They, were, they, they had starved for so long for such good things. They couldn't handle when you gave them actual food. You, they couldn't handle very much of it. They would literally founder. They would eat themselves to death off of very little. And so they, had to, they would have to take these men apart, and they would have to, to slowly build their appetites back up and slowly build them up to where they could sustain a regular meal. And it's the same place that, that most of us can find ourselves in, is that... It's hard to sit down and read your Bible for a long time. Hey, sitting down and, and trying to pray for an hour can be hard. 
It's very challenging sometimes. And so we have to be able to build our appetite up for the things of God and be able to handle the things that God would have us, the good things, the bread from heaven that he rains down, the good things that God wants us to have with him. Friend, I desire that you would get everything that God has for you. My sincerest desire is that every man would be able to know Christ and then know everything that Christ has for them and have the fullness of God in him. And so to build this spiritual appetite, to, to, to build this hunger for the things of God, to be hungry for the things of God again, simply put, you've got to do it. Simply put, you know you need to read your Bible. Read your Bible. And the more you read your Bible, God will build that desire in you that you would want more from His Word. Cut out the junk. I know there's, there's plenty of things out there today that are not good for us that we consume daily, and we, we say, oh, you know, it doesn't affect me. But it, when, it, when, it, when it's nonsense, when it's things that are not of God, when it's things that, that, that God would not be pleased with, that, that are repulsive to God, uh, the, the movies, the music, all these things that, that we intake, all these things that we ingest, that we consume into our bodies, that are the time we should be spending with God, are things that we should be giving uh, to God. We talked about music this morning. And that music itself is, was designed by God, created by God for His glory. And so we know that secular music, that's out, that's trash. We know that uh, most contemporary Christian music that just tries to mimic the world and mirror the world and the world's music, that's trash too. That's not good for us. I'm sorry, but even if the, the words are nice, most of the words, you, can re- you take the name Jesus out and you can replace it with any name and you don't know if they're singing about a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And what's worse than that is when good Christians take that music, take that worldly, contemporary music that we already have, we, it's, I don't think there's any really debate on it, that if it's worldly music and they're mimicking the world and they're just trying to appease the flesh and the things of the flesh, when we take that music and we just change the music and put a piano behind it, but try to sing the same words, you think that glorifies and honors God? Let's ask Cain, or let's ask... Let's ask Aaron's sons or the children of Israel what, how God feels when we offer the trash of this world and we offer the things of this world up to God as praise and up to God as worship. When we take the things that the world has done and we take those and we, we, try to, we polish them up a little bit and then we try to offer them up to God, how does what, is the Bible say that God's pleased with that or no? No. And wh- while we're, we're on the subject of... of of things that are pleasing to God or not, friend, if, if you, if I, like to, I listen to a lot of preaching. I listen to a lot of preaching while we're going through our days, and, and Lalo wor- has, has, has worked with me often out there. I even talked to him into buying a Bluetooth speaker so I didn't have to have headphones in all day so I could listen to the preaching, and, and we'll be playing preaching uh, as we're going. We're playing godly music as we work, and, and, and friend, if you, if you listen to those preachings and, if you, you know, replace the the things that you would have been listening to otherwise, or things maybe that, that aren't profitable or edifying or, 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 or making you closer to God or knowing Him better. We put a whole lot of emphasis on entertainment today, and I don't think we need near as much of it as we think we do. But if you want to replace that with something that's good, replace that with, with preaching, but friend, if that preaching's not out of the King James Bible, it's not profitable for you. If there... Forgive me if I'm overstepping on, on this, but if, if, if they're not preaching right doctrine, it's not good for you. It's only going to add confusion. It's only going to mix things up and put thoughts and things in your minds and put questions in your mind that God never intended for you to have. 
There's so much good stuff out there. We live in such a day of abundance. There's, there's, there's more preaching available. There's no more good Bible teaching available today than there ever has been within human history. There's more good stuff. There's more good music available today for free than there ever has been in human history. Why would you settle for something less? Why would you settle for something less than what God would have you to have? You've got to replace that junk with more good stuff. Turn with me to, to 2 Corinthians and chapter 8. While you're doing that, I, I skipped over a point, and I think it's, it's important enough that I want to go back and touch upon it. But Ephesians chapter 3, verses 8 through 12, uh, the Bible says, Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, it is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make, men, to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden God who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God in whom we have access with the confidence by faith of Him. That's a, the unsearchable riches of Christ. We often talk about the sufficiency of Christ and how Christ is sufficient, but we look at it as a point of, 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 of from our lack, from our, from our less. We, you know, we, we, we preach that you know, his strength is made perfect in our weakness and, and how he's sufficient to get us through those lean times and the hard times. But Christ is sufficient to, to the excess. Christ is sufficient to the uttermost. There's, it's a deeper well than we will ever be able to reach the bottom of. That Christ has more to offer to us than, than there's anything else. The, all the world has to offer is a poor substitute for the, the, the fullness that we can have with Christ, for living that victorious Christian life and having everything that, that Jesus would want us to have. Friend, this isn't uh, the health and wealth uh, this isn't health and wealth. This isn't the, that, that kind of uh, uh, false teaching. This is what the Bible says, that I should preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, everything that he would have you to, to, to have and to know him. There's so much more there. And so uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, look at uh, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. This is Paul talking to, 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 to Corinth, and he's talking about uh, the church in Macedonia, who he says even in, in their poverty, they, they get, look at, uh, <clears throat> verse 2, how that in the great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality, and how they gave, to them, and, and how they, you know, they didn't have much, but because they had Christ and because Paul and his team was going forth for the gospel, they gave to that. Not, not out of their abundance, but because out of, of, of what Christ has given to them. And it says by, that uh, Christ, out of his poverty, so that we may have, might be rich. He gave up his throne in heaven, came down and made himself lower than the angels, made himself as a, as a, as a man born in a, in a manger. Gave up all the riches so that we could know him, so that he could die on our behalf and pay a price that we couldn't pay, a debt that we owed that we couldn't pay. In verse 10, 
Herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you who have begun before not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. Now therefore perform that doing of it, and as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which ye have. If there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. For I mean not that men be eased and ye be burdened, or we could say that the other way, and that, you know, it, not that uh, ye, ye be eased and other men be burdened, but by an equality, that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, that their abundance also may be a supply for your want, that there may be equality. As it is written, he that had gathered much had nothing over, and he that had gathered little had no lack. So the, some gathered more, some gathered less. But the end of that, where, where God wants us, when we're living in the fullness of Christ, and we're seeking after, and we're, we're hungry after the things of God, the end of that is that we'd be able to give ourselves the way that Christ gave himself. The end of that, let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus. And we wouldn't worry. Today, today people get so worried about if they're being taken advantage of. So worried about if, if someone gets the upper hand on me. So worried about if I'm, if, and it, it, it's pride is what it is, that, that, I, that I deserve more, I should get more out of these things. And, and we're so worried about the way that we uh, people view us and the way people see us. But friend, you've got to be able to make yourself a fool to reach somebody for Christ. You've got to be willing and able to, hey, maybe get the short end of the stick if it means that you can reach them for, for, for the gospel's sake. We've got to put our pride aside. And, and when you're seeking after God and you're walking in the Spirit, I mean, how bad would it be to know that someone's eternity is at stake whether or not you're walking with God or not? whether or not you're walking in the Spirit or not, or if you're too carnal to recognize the Holy Spirit's drawing you to go talk to that person, and you're so prideful that you can't get out of the way and, and go make that, that awkward, when you first introduce someone to the gospel, you first try to reach someone with that gospel, and how it's awkward at first, and then it, it seems like that first step, and you say that first phrase, and all of a sudden, there's the Holy Spirit, and there's the utterance, and then He gives you what to say, and He makes it, and it's, it's, it's so much sweeter on the other side of that, but you have to first be willing to make yourself a, the fool for that. And friend, if you're not hungry and you're not daily seeking after the things of God, and you're not daily in your Bible and reading and praying and worried about what God wants you to be worried about, then you're going to miss it. And so, friend, the, the, it's, the question is, are you hungry? Are you hungry for the things of God? Matthew chapter 5 and verse 4 Blessed is he that hungereth and thirsteth after righteousness, for he shall be filled. Pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this time. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for loving us. Lord, for wanting to have fellowship with us. Lord, for let, letting us know you. Lord, who is man that you are mindful of him? Lord, we are nothing. Without you, we are nothing. Lord, we love you, and, and I just pray that that's, that's evident in, in our lives as as we seek you and want to spend more time with you than we would spend with other things. Lord, thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Amen. What a good day in the Lord's house today. Uh, just some quick reminders. Uh, the Senior Saint Thanksgiving tomorrow at 1130. If you have any questions, go ahead and see Miss Foster. Uh, the homeschool co-ops will be hosting that, so that'll be fun. We encourage the Senior Saints to uh, show up for some good food. Uh, we have the Ladies Thanksgiving on Saturday here at 530 at the church. Uh, Veterans Day, we'll have Brother Martin Kuhn with us. Lord's Supper coming up November 21st. We encourage all church members to go ahead and uh, mark that on your calendars and come and partake of the Lord's Supper. We have Brother Rick Carter coming with us and be doing the gender study, uh, the gender service that he did over at uh, youth camp. And it was awesome to get to sit through that. So I think it'll be a huge encouragement, good help for the church as well. Then uh, we have the missions offering coming up as well. Uh, it was a good day in the Lord's house today. I'm thankful to be part of an awesome church family. Brother Preston, you go ahead and dismiss us in prayer today.